Hello, my name is Trent Reinsmith. It is Thursday, January 7th, and it's another daily Come On Now MMA podcast. Topics for today are Dana White says the matchmaking, the rankings are very important in matchmaking, so I'm going to speak about that. Dana White is not a fan of open scoring, even though he's never tried it. Not a fan. The Leon Edwards situation is another reason that UFC fighters should be provided a stipend. Uh, Fans are going to be allowed at the Abu Dhabi fights, and I have some questions about that. And Dustin Poirier has the right attitude about his rematch with Conor McGregor. Now, on with the show. So the first thing I want to discuss is Dana White's... Uh, explanation on how matchmaking works and how the rankings are important to that matchmaking and why that's a concern for me. And so this is what he had to say earlier this week on ESPN+. Plus. Obviously, the rankings are very important. We always try to stay with the rankings. I don't think that's true. And it's always awesome when you have the champion versus the number one or number one versus number two. But you've seen many times when there's a fight people want to see will make it. So there's some things that contradict each other in that sentence, but I'll ignore those. My concern is the rankings. And this is something I said that I wanted to see in 2021 for the UFC and get a little more control over its rankings and who is in the rankings. I've done a couple stories on this, some on this podcast, some for Bloody Elbow, but what it breaks down to is that the rankings team that they have is, I don't know how good it is, and I'm going to look into this a lot more now that White is spewing this kind of stuff, how important the rankings are. I went through the rankings uh, in 2020, and there was, I think, 9 or 10 um, people in the in the pool of rank- people that do the rankings for the UFC, the official rankings. And they either did not have a web presence or they did not have consistent coverage of mixed martial arts, specifically the UFC, which made me concerned. I asked about this, got no reply. And I know even I know one of the people who is still listed on that rankings team has asked to be removed. But and they have they're no longer doing the rankings but they are still listed as a part of that team. And uh, that's a concern. Another concern I have is that there is no transparency in that rankings, in, that, in, in the rankings. We don't know who is voting other than name. We don't know how active they are in voting for the rankings. Are they doing it every week? Are they doing it in a timely manner? Are they doing it occasionally? And we don't know who they are ranking. We have no idea how these rankings are compiled. So you can have 25 people on there, and that's fine. But I don't know. No one knows. The fighters don't know. I'm going to presume the UFC might not know. They should not know where these folks are ranking each fighter. And that's a problem. Because now we don't know if the UFC is just winging it if they're just putting up the rankings as they see what they should be now i'm not accusing of them them of that but it's a fact that we do not know without transparency we have no idea 
what the rankings should be. So, like I said, I'm not accusing the UFC of this. I'm not accusing the folks that compile the, the, the rankings of this. But to put it plainly, without transparency, we can't trust it. We just can't. And we shouldn't. We shouldn't, be, we shouldn't trust what the promotion tells us unless we can see it and prove it ourselves. So there's nothing that we can see that says, here's how everyone voted and we can figure out, okay, that makes sense. So I want to see that. And now that White has come out and said that one big factor in the rankings, one big factor in the UFC matchmaking is the rankings, well then we need to pressure the the UFC to make this more visible, to make this more transparent. So everyone knows who's voting for who, who's putting each fighter where, and if the rankings are correct. If I'm a fighter in the top five, if I'm a fighter in the top 15, I want to know where I stand, legit, on who is voting for me and where they put me. Is that going to cause some problems? It could, but so what? You wanted official rankings, now you got official rankings, now make them transparent and let that let that stand on its own merits. And if you have to bump a people, bunch of people out of those rankings for whatever reason, then you do that. If you're matchmaking based on these rankings, they better be right. And they better be legit. And the people that make them better have the, the credentials to make the rankings. If not, it's just a bunch of bullshit. It's just a bunch of fans voting on the rankings. And that, that can't be. Would the NFL do that? No. Would the NCAA allow it just at rando fans to to make the rankings? No. But here we are. We don't know. And if my money depends on knowing where I stand legitimately, if I'm a UFC fighter, I'm making a big noise about that. And now we know that that's not going to happen because of fear. But the media can make a big noise about it. And the media, for the most part, dismisses these rankings. But now, and they should because they, like I said, we don't know what they are and how they're compiled. But now that Dana White's saying, hey, I'm basing people's money on this and their livelihood and how they provide for their family and maybe for their children's futures, well, I'm very curious as to why the media won't say we need transparency here. So... I would like to encourage the media to do so. I'm going to do it, but we know that I am not a favored child of the UFC and I will just be dismissed as some crank by Dana White and then the fans will just dismiss that as well. So hopefully some people other than me can step up and, and demand this and make it happen. We'll see, but we know for a fact matchmaking relies on the rankings and now it's time to uh, make those uh, rankings and the, the picks for the rankings transparent Dana White said he does not like open scoring and I'm not a fan of it either but would I be willing to try it if I was running an organization yes because without trying it you don't know if it's a success or not. You don't know anything. You can have your opinion on it before it before you try it, but you do need to try it 
before you can say, all right, we tried it. Doesn't work for this, this, and this reason. You can have an opinion right now that says, I don't think it'll work for this, this, and this reason, but that's an opinion and we know about opinions. So here's what White said. It completely takes away with the anticipation of who won the fight. If a guy knows that he's up two rounds and you're a professional fighter, you can absolutely stay away from a guy for an entire round and make the fight completely horrible. If you already know you've got two rounds in the bag, guarantee if you saw your score up there, all you have to do is stay away from the guy for the next five minutes. That makes for a lot of bad third rounds. It's never going to be perfect. There are always going to be fights that absolutely drive you insane and piss you off. Blow your bets. There will always be all these other things that go with the fight business. At the end of the day, watching the fight and waiting for the results are fun. And let me pick this apart for a minute. So like I already said, you if you're the head of an organization, organization, Jesus, and say this is dumb without trying it, you're pretty dumb. Um, if it's a legit idea. And I think, like I said, I don't like it. I just don't like it. But I'm not the head of an organization. So if someone came to me and said, we should try it, I would try it. And if it worked, it worked. If it failed, it failed. But either way, I'm coming up and saying, this is why it works or this is why it doesn't work other than some unproven opinion. And, and here, this is not true. If a guy knows that he's up two rounds and you're a professional fighter, you can absolutely stay for, away from a guy for an entire round. Is not true. That's up to the, the referee. If the ref, now, if open scoring becomes the thing, you can say, hey, just like in wrestling, you're going to get a warning for a stalling, which is written in the rules of the mixed martial arts, that you can hit someone, hit someone with a, a point off if they're not engaging. That is in the rules. So you're going to get a warning, and you're going to get it quick in the, th in, in the third round for timid timidity. And uh, you're going to get one warning, and then you're going to get a point. Put that, And I know we don't enforce that, but if there's open scoring, well, then it becomes something that needs to be enforced. So you get a minute, maybe 30 seconds, and you get your warning if you're not engaging. And if you engage for a second or two and then back out and don't engage, if you keep, if you keep doing that, engage for a short amount and then disengage for a longer amount, well, that's still means you're not engaging especially if you're backing up the entire time so the fact that dana white says it's you can stay away from someone for five minutes not if you enforce the rules you can't and if you're up by a point in a three-rounder you could be looking at a draw if you uh if you get hit with that point off and maybe you adapt adopt a rule that if you get hit with that point off in the in the third round it's a it's it's a point and a half. It's two points, and now you're losing. So there's rules that can be made and changed and enforced to make the open scoring a little a little more exciting and a little more reasonable. But what you need to do is try it. Maybe try it on a on a limited basis on the contender series. Maybe try it on a limited basis. On the um, on the uh, um, Ultimate Fighter, even though those fights are only two rounds, if you know the score at the in the first round, well, and that'll gauge your fighters too. That'll tell you. That'll tell you, Dana White, who's going to go for it, even if they know they're up. Who's going to go for the finish? Isn't that what you always want to see? 
someone going for it, someone going for the finish. Well, in those situations, if you see a guy backing off and he's up, knows he's up, then you don't sign him. That That's another way to, to, to work that. But to just dismiss it outright, never the best never the best idea it makes um it makes white look stubborn it makes him look stuck in the past it makes him look unwilling to change it it just makes him look silly and we all know he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room but the smartest guy in the room sometimes takes chances and and says all right that didn't work or that did work and here's why white needs to try it not just dismiss it because that's just stupid so the Leon Edwards situation, I'm already kind of steamed about it because he lost that fight to Hamza Jamaya because Jamaya has not recovered fully from COVID-19. And that makes me worry about the future of Hamza Jamaya and the future of when this fight can get rebooked. Now, Edwards says he wants to fight before a fight before he fights Jamaya. And I think that's the, the way to go for him because it's been a long while since he's had a fight. Dana White says, no, he's going to wait. I find that asinine. Now you're costing that guy money, costing him a paycheck, and that makes no sense. If a man wants to fight in the UFC and you're saying he can't fight, then in in my mind, you either have to pay him for sitting out or take time off his contract because if a fighter says no to an opponent, they get time added to their contract. So do something. What would take the sting out of this for fighters that have this happen to them? Because I guess the UFC can just arbitrarily tell you that you can and cannot fight if you, even if you want to, because they have an opponent for you for some time in the future. Would be to provide a stipend for these fighters, a monthly stipend. At least that way, if a fighter, and this is works out for Chemayev too, at least that way, if a fighter gets sick, gets hurt, can't compete for some reason. There's money coming in. Now, the UFC, we all know, wants to keep their fighters quite literally hungry and forcing force them to take fights when the UFC wants them to. But that's not how you run a business. Um, and that's not how you have happy independent contractors. But if you provide a stipend, and it would be easy to do if you just remo- remove the bogus and arbitrary fight night bonuses... You could provide everyone with a with a at least kind of a a you know a, a a check a backup check that would help them from month to month, other than waiting for a waiting for a paycheck. But that's not how it is in the UFC. So Leon Edwards has kind of become the poster boy here on how the UFC contracts are completely one sided and completely screw the fighters and force them to take fights when the UFC wants them to take fights. So that's all fixable. And all it's going to take is fighters standing up to the UFC. So in other words, it's not going to happen. Dustin Poirier has said here that his fight coming up with Conor McGregor at UFC 257 is not about payback. And this is what he said. This isn't a revenge fight for me. Of course, those things are great. I go out there and beat him. Those are all part of the storyline, things I'm going to think about and be happy with. But that's not the driving force of each day. I'm driven by the main goal, becoming a world champion, being the best. 
Um, it's so this is excellent, excellent thinking, and it removes that first fight hopefully from Poirier's mind. He knows he's a different fighter than he was then, and so this isn't about like he said. This isn't about revenge. It's about winning a fight against Conor McGregor, and showing that you have improved, and it's a totally new fight, totally new scenario, two totally different fighters in a different weight class at a different time. That fight means nothing. Now it's something that the UFC can advertise. It's something that McGregor can brag about. But in the big picture, it's a meaningless blip. It's a time long in the past. Well, not long. Long in MMA time. Long in the past. And then Poirier added, it's so much history involved in this fight. The full circle, fighting him again now, becoming the interim champ, switching weight classes. So much going to, into this that I know what a win does, not only for me and my, for my legacy, but for my family, their future financially. I know what comes with a win, and I'm ready to bear that weight at this point in my career. And, you know, this is, he knows, that's an example. He knows everything's different this time. Everything. And that's the, that's the proper mindset. That's the mindset Poirier has to have for this fight. And that's the mindset that's going to help him perform better against McGregor. Now, McGregor will undoubtedly bring that up. And the UFC will undoubtedly bring up that first round knockout from the, from the initial meeting between these two. That's how you promote a fight. That's how you promote a rematch. And that's how McGregor's going to try and get into Poirier's head, which he did in the first fight. So now, if, if McGregor gets in his head, that's a win for McGregor. But if Poirier can stay, stay the course with this kind of thinking, he's, uh, he's 100% better off than he was going into that first fight. This is, like I said, the right mindset. And I'm hoping Poirier holds on to this mindset. And I think McGregor knows as well that this is a different fight. I mean, it's clear that Poirier is a better, better fighter than he was then. McGregor, we haven't seen him for a year, but we know what McGregor has achieved since their first meeting. So McGregor's a different fighter too. So again, totally different fight, totally different mindset from I'm expecting both men. And I think that 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 is the key for, for Poirier. Will it help him win? I don't know. He's got a better chance of winning if he has this, this mindset. And that's, and that's what he needs to do. He needs to be more confident. He needs to put that other fight behind him. Know that he's better. Know that things are different. Know that the outcome of this fight will will be, be will determine a lot more than the outcome of the first fight did. And go into it fresh. So, right attitude. Will it hold for the next couple weeks? We'll find out. And with that, that's a wrap for tonight. And I will be maybe back tomorrow. I'm planning on talking about something about um, Anthony Johnson in depth. And maybe I'll do that tomorrow. Maybe some other time over the weekend. But I plan on having an episode strictly on Anthony Johnson and his past. And that's going to come soon. So watch out for that one, I guess. And until then, everyone stay safe. 